Hello and welcome to Fake Movie Experts, the movie review podcast that breaks down a movie franchise one movie at a time. Well, we're not breaking down a franchise this time because this is a special episode as a superior actor, a well-known actor, a legendary actor came out with a movie about himself and playing himself. I mean, if you know anything about the history behind the movie podcast here at No Cell Entertainment, you knew the man Joe Lessel couldn't have us ignore his one and only Nick Cage. You damn right. As back in the Q days, we did Nick Vember. That was fun. Uh, so with this week's show, what we will be talking about is the unbearable weight of massive talent. Nick Cage playing Nick Cage. Well, this- Joe, I think, hold on. It's, Nick Cage playing Nick Cage. Woo! That's right. That's high praise. Um, I'm your host, Joseph Lessel. I'm alongside here with Ricky Marticelli. I hurt my throat doing that. You might want to get some water for that. This week, it's a two mad power trip as uh, one Keith Swetland has gone to i think he's stealing he's stealing the declaration of independence this week right yeah i think he misunderstood the assignment for the nick cage uh special he just he took it for real which like he he told me about it and i was like hey that sounds like a plan get back to me with the details and everything and it's keith so he doesn't he's he's mixing things up because i think he stole a cargo plane and also someone's face to go steal the Declaration of Independence. And that makes me angry because that's what I told him what we need to do. So he honestly just took my idea and did it without me. So when he gets back, we'll have we'll have a talking to. Well, I don't I, I think he stole your face. So I think he's doing it all under your guys. My God. That's why I'm <laughs> in bandages this week. <laughs> my God. So. We're going to do something different since uh, before we get into the plot, we have some movie news, a lot of big announcements for movies. And I want to discuss it with you, Richard. Um, first, uh, CinemaCon has been happening. So basically, and if you own a movie theater and you're in the new in the reporting business, you get to go to, I want to say it was Utah or somewhere, but they show clips of previews for movies coming out in a year or two years. So they've shown, uh, John Wick 4 footage. They've shown the Halloween Ends footage. Um, the Borderlands live action movie. They've showed some stuff about it. So, that you know, stuff that I wish I'd be able to see, but we can't. I also think I fully, at this point, fully given up on, like, good video game content. Yeah. Because, like, for every Witcher animated series we're getting... We're getting things like the Halo series or now I've granted what I'm about to say. I'm saying without having seen it besides the trailers, but the trailers felt like enough. The Uncharted movie. It's just how can they continue to make video game things so bad? I know. I think the only video game thing I've heard, I I own the first one and I'm like really tempted to watch it tonight is Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is the highest rated, highest earning video game movie of all time right now. 
and the second one is supposed to be like pretty damn good yeah so i i own it i blind bought it on a black friday two years ago and it's still in its case so i'm like pretty tempted to watch it because of the high uh reviews for sonic one which i know i think it's on paramount plus too so you yes, can just watch it, it there too um but uh, uh yeah i'm i've been i've been tempted to watch the sonic movies for the past like basically once sonic 2 came out i mean it is technically a series now it is i think um, they've already announced they're gonna do another one they they might but the rumor is that well uh jim carrey may be taking a break from uh yeah, movies. that's not even a rumor. He said that in a interview yeah, that so, he's um, unless like whatever the role is like speaks to him that he's going to take some time off that he's ready to just spend some time at home. So he might be taking a break from that. He but he might come back to do Sonic 3. Hey, they, and then the directors of Sonic have come out and said like we're not recasting him. If he wants to come back, we're we're put we'll make the role for him. So I bet you they're going to do like two scripts one with and one without him it makes sense i mean there are other villains you can use besides eggman so i mean they could go in a different route yeah though i've heard carrie is fucking just like spectacular in these yeah. movies yeah that's why i want to watch them because i'm i i was a huge carrie fan so i honestly probably will just watch it tonight because i just need to you know not not in the bad way said get it out of the way it's just like i kind of want to watch it uh, but yeah, like everyone was kind of poo-pooing cinema coming out of the pandemic that movies might be dead, but uh, there's a lot of good stuff lining up. I mean, there's stuff that's come out we wanted to see that we just didn't even get time to see so far this year. Exactly. Um, they uh, announced the new uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife 2. So I'm excited for that being a Ghostbuster fan, which I'm excited for it because it did come out in the pandemic and it did good numbers, but I don't think it did the best numbers for it. But once again, we're in the pandemic. So you're, we're in the time of, and some theaters probably probably still do this, but you buy one ticket and it blocks off two rows, two seats you know, yeah. left and right. So, you know, there's that's the maximizing all the ticket uh, seats there. So we have the Ghostbusters two or now four, uh, we have Venom 3. Yay. Venom. This, you know, I need to rewatch I, the second one. I think, uh, I think it threw me, it threw me off when the teenager Woody Harrelson character is voiced by, you know, 50 year old Woody Harrelson. I just can't get behind making what's supposed to be one of the like darkest and fiercest characters in the Marvel universe into a weird buddy cop film. It just, mm -hmm. it does not work for me for like Venom supposed to be like this intensely dark and dangerous character. Yeah. Um, also had that they, same problem Morbius had in the end of two where you couldn't tell what the fuck was happening in the final fight sequence. I love, I love the fact that Morbius is now becoming like a meme of like, Hey, have you seen Morbius? No, why the hell haven't you? You know, it's like as a joke. Um, yeah. What? Why does Sony hate you getting to tell what's happening at the end of their movies? I don't know. Uh, speaking of Sony, Sony and Marvel have uh, announced a new 
villain, anti-villain movie, El Mirto. Hopefully I said it right. I, I've been trying to practice it for a while now. Mirto. There we go. Uh, starring one, Bad Bunny. as going to be the main, the first Latino act, uh, villain in a, mar- in a superhero movie. Uh, so no matter what, that movie's going to do well because it has yep. Bad Bunny and that man, all that man does is print money. He's the second highest like tour guy right now. I think if not number one for his tour being number like in the world right now, um, you know, he's been in WWE, which he's fantastic at, you know? So it's also like, you know, he's going to, from what we've seen so far between his music and what we saw and what he's done when he's come to WWE, he's going to throw himself completely into it. The dude does not do things half-assed for a payday. The man is committed to whatever he's doing. So it'll probably at least he'll be good in the movie. Him and he's in that bullet train movie with Brad Pitt. Oh, dude, I'm stoked for that movie. That's going to be a fun one to go see. Uh, So there's, uh, you know, I'm excited, you know, to see how it is because I know they're doing the Craven movie right now with who, with the actor Aaron Johnston Johnson. That played the Flash in the, uh, or not Flash, uh, Quicksilver in the movie of oh, Marvel. Okay. He's Craven now, the Hunter, I think it is. So interesting. Once again, Sony is doing their own. Um, Batman Two was announced with Pattinson, Kravitz, and Matt Reeves returning. So I'm excited for that. It's interesting that they already announced Kravitz being back in it because it yeah. felt like she kind of got written not out, I would say, but like it almost felt like they were trying to set her up for her own thing in the universe. So it, for her it, to come back instantly into the movie is a little interesting. It did. I so it since it's been, it, it is on HBO Max, I have watched it twice already. I've watched another six hours worth of Batman here. Uh, the producer wanted, didn't watch in theaters with me, so we watched it when it came out opening opening day, and then we honestly watched it like four days later because she couldn't. Um, I would ask the like, hey, I would ask her the questions like, hey, what do you think of the movie? What do you think? And she couldn't like think of it at the time. She's like, I needed some time between viewing one, viewing two to see, you know, express how I felt about it. So we watched it twice. And watching again uh, the third time I saw it, I did have that slow process of like, how long is this movie? Like, you know, right, you know, how far are we? Have another hour 45 left. And then when I saw it the fourth time, it was the opposite. Like, it flew by again, like easy. Uh, But yeah, I'm surprised with Kravitz being announced in it because, like you, I thought, oh, they wrote wrote her off, but she would probably be back. It makes but, me wonder if like some because they have announced two HBO series, one with the Penguin, the Penguin and the Gotham PD or now. No, no. Arkham Asylum night. Uh, so I wonder if something attached to that will kind of like rope her back in for when the movie comes out. So, yeah, there's there's things that we will ingest between now and Batman, too. Yeah, since it feels like we've reached the point where the Justice League universe is just going to be dead. It There's is just been I, so much trouble in that universe that they're just going to have to move on again. Well, with the Warner and uh, Time Warner and Warner Brothers merger, and now they're like, hey, 
this is dead. Let's um, restart it, but better. <laughs> Part of me wonders if they like, especially with what's happened with the main actor is if they still even commit to flashpoint or if like, which I know they've already sunk a ton of money into it. So sometimes you'll just put it out to try and recoup. Yeah. But man, that feels like it's just going to end up I, being. I think Ezra Miller, Ezra Miller being arrested like two times, three times in a month. I I'm, I'm at the point of like, just put it on HBO max, take your loss, get it out, you know, get and it just, out as soon as possible. The only thing that's disappointing to that is that um, Peacemaker is attached to that series, and that's yeah. been really good. Like, at least we can get away with the fact that, like, Justice, or not Justice League, but um, Suicide Squad is just kind of like its own universe. Like, it's lightly attached. Yeah. But, like, there's nothing in those movies that it's like, okay, it's attached to this universe. So we'll see, you know, it's shitty that Ezra Miller is a scumbag, I guess, in a way, you know, he borderline seems like he's bipolar or something and just isn't getting the help he needs. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, hopefully that will happen. Uh, They announced, uh, I don't know if you saw, but today they announced that Ant-Man and the next Captain Marvel switched. Uh, dates so ant-man comes out oh. in february of 2023 and then miss marvel the uh captain marvels or miss marvels come out in uh july of 2023 so there's flip dates i believe the movie is still captain marvel miss marvel is going to be the series oh, okay on uh disney plus yeah different characters okay. yeah just looking up uh sad one about the spider-man across the universe got pushed back which yeah, I'm not but happy not about, su- but... not surprising with what goes in, especially to like what the animation they do in that movie. It, yeah. I mean, it's amazing enough that it did well enough that we're getting a second one. Uh, they're going to do 240 characters, six different universes in these movies. So we're gonna, they're going to give us a lot. So I understand. And then the last for the news, I would bring up Fast and Furious, our one of our favorite franchises, director. Stepped away because of creative differences. So it's him and Vin Diesel, correct? Yeah, it's it's worrisome. It's worrisome, especially with it coming to an end with Fast 10 and Fast 10 2, because apparently we can't get to 11. Um, that some choices were being made that apparently Vin didn't agree with. And in the end, this is Vin's baby. So... Mm-hmm. So Jeremy, uh, Justin Lin uh, stepped away and it's costing Universal almost a million dollars a day because they're in production, they're filming. And then he stepped away a week later. Like Vin Diesel posted a video of him and Lin saying like they can't wait for this movie because it's supposed to be the best movie. And they, he stepped away and now they're like, well, we're on standby. Well, how much do we have to pay to keep the production team, the crew, the actors? 600,000 to a million a day. Yeah, because you're paying all these people to do nothing, but you don't want to let them go because if you let them go to go agree to do other projects, then you either have to pay to get them back Mm -hmm. or you're hiring a whole new crew to start in the middle. So screw it. Let Vin, let, uh, 
let Vin uh, direct. Right? That's what I thought, too. Just get it over with. Just have him just make announce that he's the director, and then let's get this movie go- movies going. Speaking of getting this movie going, let's talk about the movie we're supposed to be talking about today. The unbearable weight of massive talent uh, came out on April 22nd. Uh, runtime of one hour, 47 minutes. Rated R, directed by one uh, Tom Gomekin. Uh He did the 2014 The Awkward Moment with Zac Efron and Michael B. Jordan. It's like three friends. I should watch that, though. Those are two people who I think are massively talented. So I should probably go back and find that to watch. Uh, Yeah, Tom Gormican. Yeah, yeah, he it's him. I'm trying to think of the other guy. I think was he there it is. Oh, what's his name? He's in the upcoming show about the Godfather, the uh, the, uh, offer Efron B. Jordan and Miles Teller. God, that's. It's a pretty loaded cast. I should go find, especially after watching this movie. The director is fucking spectacular. So these are his only two movies he's directed. Dude knows what he's doing. Um, it's on Phoebe, F R E E B E E. That's what the, the the awkward moments on. Hmm, interesting. Uh, this movie, like we said multiple times so far, movie stars Nicholas Cage as Nick Cage, Pedro Pascal, Tiffany Haddish. Neil Patrick Harris. Such a weird role for Tiffany Haddish. Haddish? Yeah. Haddish? Haddish. Like, she seems like such a bigger character than she got to play in this movie, but... Right. Ike Barinholtz. Is that the dude from... This is partner. Her partner. Yeah. He's from Mad TV. He was on Mad TV? He was on Mad TV, but he was also in the movie that we watched with John Cena. The um... Yes. He's also from... Um... God, what was the show on Fox? The Mindy, Mindy Project. She was, in, yeah. she was in the he was in the Mindy. He was fucking hilarious in the Mindy Project. Uh, Blockers. That's the John Cena movie. But yeah, he's. Oh, in- right. Yes. He, God, that's a good movie, too. I really like that movie. He was good in that. that he's just good. Mm-hmm. I like him. So going forward, since this movie is out, we'll be doing spoilers. All of the spoilers. As I always say, if you clicked on a podcast about the movie and then were surprised there were spoilers about said movie, you're a fucking idiot and should seek help. Well, they can listen to the first like 20 minutes of when we do the news and then now pause, go watch the movie. Now come back. So, Rick, give us the uh, movie plot. Boys, girls, non-binary and everyone in between, please gather around for the reading of the plot to the massively unbearable weight of talent. I don't think I said that right, but I'm going to move on. We open on Nick F and cage at a weird low point in his career. He's trying to get back, even though he never went anywhere as a man trying to overcome some debts he'd incurred and try to reconnect with his family as they slip away from him. Roles come his way, but he can't quite get them. And well, Nick's just down on his luck a little bit. So he takes a little side gig of being paid a million dollars for a weekend in Spain for his biggest fan. And things 
take a turn for our Nick Cage. He gets brought in by the CIA to help try and take down a massive drug lord who has actually hired him for the weekend, or so we think. Can Nick bring down this crime lord, revive his career, and fix his family while also having a great buddy comedy? Find out all this and more on the unbearable weight of massive talent. That was beautiful. I got I will first and just say this. My face hurt after hurted after leaving the theater because I was smiling and laughing the entire entire movie. I I had fun. It's just it's good. Like, is it over? Is it saying anything? Is it have this like massive you learn about yourself from watching this movie? No, it's a fun comedy, which as our third co-host likes to point out, we don't get a lot anymore. So it was enjoyable to just go to a movie and enjoy it for about two hours. Yeah, it was a like I was saying, my face hurted, and this is like the first time that that my face hurted after a movie, but not a DC, not a comp, not a Marvel, not a comic book movie, or a over the top action uh, type movie. This is more like this is a movie that's just like a plain movie, and like okay, a simple plot, Nick Cage, and you know, people, you know, think how crazy he is, and then you go and it's like this is a good movie. It was fun just getting to watch two people act off of each other. It in part harkens to that movie um, Destination Wedding we watched. Yeah. With uh, Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder, I believe it was. You are correct. Um, We're just getting to watch two people who are very talented actors. In this case, Nick Cage and Pedro Pascal just play characters really well. It was just so refreshing. And I knew Pedro Pascal was a good actor. I mean, I loved him in Game of Thrones. Like, he's been good in everything I've seen him in. But good God, that man can act. And just watching him and Nick Cage play off of each other for an hour and 45 minutes was just so nice. Their their on-screen relationship felt general like general like general that it felt like they've had mo- movies together before you know like they felt fantastic together it's like i was thinking comparing them to like uh, will ferrell and mark Wahlberg, how they've done so many movies together like the other guys and how their relationship chemistry was fantastic and i, I saw this with these two i'm like wow these guys are just boom 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 off to, off, you- to, off each other you wouldn't be surprised coming out of it if you found out that they were actually friends with how mm-hmm. well they played off of each other. Yeah. Uh, and real life, Pedro's actually a fan of Nick Cage. So that helps. Uh, this whole, like that movie- whole like shrine to Nick Cage was actually Pedro Pascal's real shrine to Nick Cage. And Nick yeah. Cage was just actually genuine of being like, cool. Like this movie was a, a like super meta um super meta like it remind me of someone like scream how scream make fun of itself 
in these scenes. And like this movie itself made fun of itself. We saw, uh, they meant they, we see clips from Con Air. Uh, they mentioned, you know, there's so many like, you know, Nick Cage references in this movie. Parts are gone in 60 seconds. He did his own stunts. Um, leaving Las Vegas, the adaptation, uh, uh, the cabinet of Do- uh, Dr. Caligari, um, uh, guarding Tess. They make a reference to that about how that's an underrated Nick Cage movie, but in the movie itself, Javi, Pedro Pascal's character, that brought uh, him and his father closer for the dying day. It's like we would quote that movie back and forth to each other all the time. It's the only thing we had in common. Uh, but yeah, this this whole movie was fantastic. Like it's meta in the way of it's like it's Nick Cage playing himself, but as normal as what people think uh, normal and slash what people think he really is in real life. Because if say you, normal is a broad term there, considering we watched Nick Cage make out with Nick Cage in this movie. That true, because we did get a uh, Nicky Cage from uh, Nick Cage playing himself, which I never thought in my life I would see a movie of Nick Cage making out with Nick Cage. It was uh, uncomfortable and yet slightly arousing. Uh, he the where is it uh, in the credits? He used Nick Cage's used his real name as who played Nikki. That's funny. Uh, but they um, where is it? I'm trying. Oh, I'm trying to find what movie it was because he was supposed to be in. Oh, there is. Remind him. Blah blah blah. No, I don't know. Uh, it's a movie I can't find. I saw it earlier, but I yeah. But yeah, it was that crazy thing of seeing oh, oh, Wild at Heart. That's the character. That's the Nick Cage character from that movie. Hmm. So we have that. Um, we have what else do we have? I'm trying to think here of all that craziness. I love I like. So let's just bring up the so Javi is a so-called drug lord and Nick Cage. I love the fact Nick Cage gets caught by no, the CIA. Wait, I misspoke. He's a gun lord. Gun, gun yeah, runner. Gun lord. That's yeah, gun runner. Everything? Yeah. Guess he does yes. a lot of stuff. That's he bad. does everything. And I love the fact that the CIA like kidnap Nick Cage and be like, hey, here, uh, we need to go undercover to catch this guy. And Nick Cage is like, I've been with him for about like, a couple hours and I think he's a good guy. And they're like, what are you talking about? We've been covering this guy for, hey guys, we're done here. We've, we've been caught, carrying, following this guy for five years. We're done. He had like a whole term he used. And I can't remember what it was now, but it was like very act, funny to like explain act, why he knew. Like his actor. Yeah, it was like some acting term or like some acting method up, like, or something. Yeah. Where he's like, no, you know what? He's a good guy. It's, nope. Tur- turns out he was right and he should trust himself. No, guys, we're done here. Wrap it up. He, 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 he you know, he, he figured it out. And then, like, at the end, he's like, gee, he, yep, he did. He did figure it out. I, it's, I think there's a lot of things in this movie that, um, uh, there are the like foreshadowing in this movie, but as you're watching, you don't know that they're foreshadowing. 
yeah. but they are. It's the movie's deeper. You can view it deeper than what it like you have like you can take it super serious and break it down and notice all those things that they were foreshadowing, or you can just enjoy it for what it is, which is really impressive to like have depth to the movie, but it not be necessary to enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, to uh, prepare for this role, Nick Cage looked up more uh, of his past press interviews to be inspired by like to try and do a lot of his old shtick he does. To inspire um, himself to play yeah. himself. They asked, they, they've asked Nick Cage, like, hey, Nick, what's the most difficult role you've ever done? And he, to, now he's starting off going, the most difficult role I've ever done is this movie because it's him trying to portray himself in a different version of himself. It's trying to play like the insane person people think he is. Yeah. But yeah, it's. You know, you know this this movie's that weird fun part of it. when the movie starts and it's legit. You're like, it's Con Air. You're like, am, am I in the wrong movie? <laughs> am I watching the wrong movie? Uh, but yeah, it's that fun part of Nick Cage plays himself. We have Neil Patrick Harris as his agent, so there are a couple of actors in this movie, um, Tiffany Haddish, but they're different roles. Um, so it's that fun part of like Nick Cage being himself, which I'm I'm glad and i'm surprised they didn't use any other actors in this movie to have like a one-off scene or a phone call with him or something you know like to not just nick cage being himself just like have other actors come in just for like a split to connections second. to people he's played with yeah like have like a weird phone call with john travolta or something i thought that was going to happen i honestly did i'm like john travolta is gonna be in this movie right and, uh, it, they, uh, maybe maybe in the second one we hope and pray for yeah oh, yeah so you know this is a probably a one-time movie but there are ways me and rick have thought about the fact that this could be a sequel there could be one and you know the i can tell you this like the box office revenue isn't as strong as you like you hope it would be but it's still like the ratings tell a difference and then you know plus we're still in a pandemic so not a lot of people going to the movie to see nick yeah, Cage. people are seeing this and are willing to risk their health for it us yeah. on the other hand very much we're willing to oh, without question uh this movie was number 100 with nick cage in a leading role that's hilarious that he played a movie about himself for his 100th leading role yeah uh, the uh, at the end of the filming of this movie, uh, the whole cast was gifted the Nick Cage pillow with his <laughs> face on it, and he, he he autographed each one. Once once I buy a house, I might have the shrine of Nick Cage like they did in this movie. Uh wouldn't surprise me. I told you after the movie, I'm going to try and start buying a movie once a month of Nick Cage. So. And I tried to talk you down to at least like his major motion pictures, which will be the major motion one. So like, um, you don't need to try and buy all those weird Netflix movies. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Like with him and Hayden Christensen being like knights or something. Uh, we did watch that. I did. I seen it. I seen it. Um, when Nick Cage was trying to pay off all of his debts. 
Yeah, like the reason this fun, like the fun fact of like he announced, like he's, he came out and said why he did all these, you know, not, you know, he did all the movies because of, um, he, he wanted to keep his, he needed the money to keep, uh, he wanted to keep his mom out of a, um, like retirement home and he was in debt and he did all the small roles and he gave it a hundred percent and what you can see and like he's not half assing any movie that he does you know he's 100 percent. it was season of the witch with the hayden christian movie yeah no nick cage doesn't commit to things halfway no uh the original script for this movie by the way it's nick cage chasing down quentin tarantino to earn a role in one of his movies god that, damn that probably that would have been brilliant that was the premise I guess, of the original movie i guess script. that's true for how we can get a sequels we don't even need to have it like be like this one it can just be nick cage being weird in a different scenario yeah which i hope because like we we've talked about this is like the third wave of nick cage i don't know how many waves you want to say you know how many you know second comings or third or whatever for nick cage but like you can kind of see like the wave of like nick cage is making decent movies you know hey but he never went anywhere you're damn right you're damn right because he's nick cage nick effing cage uh, the director in the beginning of the movie was David Gordon Green, which he directed Nick Cage's movie, uh, Joe. So that's, okay. that's the same guy that he does his little, you want me to read for you? I'll read for you. <clears throat> no, no, you don't. Uh, I like the no, fact Nick, that Nick, you don't have to read for us. Nick Cage in the load is at a low part of his life when he's driving like a beat up Honda Accord and living at the hotel. Well, no, it was an old Ferrari. Like, it's oh. still like a nice car, but it's like clearly from his heyday. So he hasn't been able to buy a new car anytime recently. Yeah. So he's still got like a Ferrari, but it's like an 80s, early 90s Ferrari. Yeah. Uh, but I love the, once again, I just love the relationship with Pedro and uh, Nick. Like, I agree with you, Rick. Pedro Pascal has been a good act, like a great actor. Things we've seen, uh, Mandalorian, uh, Game of Thrones. He was in the um, uh, Kingsman too. Um, watching stuff like him and uh, uh, Oscar Isaac are like best friends. Like I would like to spend one night with them and hang out. Just with hanging them. out, yeah, yeah. They're definitely uh, at the top of the list of like, are they in something? Okay, then I'm going to watch it. Exactly. Like, uh, Pascal, he's the new, uh, you know, I really haven't looked, seen all, like, I haven't seen much of his stuff, but like everything I've seen him in, he's fantastic. I want to say he was in um, the Netflix series that was super popular, Narcos. He was. Yeah, I never, I didn't see that one. He played, um, if Booble is here, he'd understand this reference. He played a drug lord that was super popular from then, um, Escobar, who was like a big thing oh, in Entourage. It, about he's, Javi, he's, he's Javier Pena in that. Yes, that's what it is, Javier Pena, of like this massive drug lord who like, and like brought hippos into Colombia. Now there's a hippo problem in Colombia because of it. So... He was in. Like he's the, played some pretty big characters. 
uh yeah um he i've seen so i'm looking at his uh his stuff and i'm like okay he was in wonder woman 1984 which we can say was not a good movie but he was fantastic yeah everything i've not seen that movie because of everything bad i've heard about it but everything i've heard is that he was great he was fantastic uh he was in the great wall with matt damon god we love that fucking movie i don't don't... i don't remember him in that movie me either we didn't really know pedro pascal at that point yeah um but yeah i'm like i'm seeing like a lot of he's been in a lot of stuff and i'm like nope i he was in a Buffy the Vampire Slayer TV episode, so I'm like, I'll probably oh, recognize he's been, him. He's probably he's been acting a long time then. Yeah. So, but like, it's that weird thing of, like I said, him or we've said him and Nick's chemistry was fantastic. You know, the the plot is simple. It's that uh, Javi wants Nick Cage to come to his uh, birthday party for a million dollars because he's low but he's a big fan. He wrote a script. He wrote a movie script for him and wants him to, you know, be in this movie. And I like the parts. Like, did you read my script? Uh, like, no, but let's make one ourselves. Were you acting? Well, no, he asked, did you read my screenplay? I loved it. Are you going to, yeah. do you, will you be in it? No, but I'll help you, you know, tweak some things here and there. You and I will write one together. One of the, one of my favorite scenes, one of the scenes I liked is them doing the LSD and oh then like God. going down, going to town and, uh, and like, so what are, what does our movie need to be about? Should it be like two guys, you know, and then they look and there's two people staring at them. Wait a minute. Those people have been staring at us the whole time. How long have are, they been here? <laughs> are they following us? Are no. they following us? And, and, and I think I think that's one of the fun, one of the fun you know, one of a good scene about this movie is the fact that it's like you as the audience know, no, they're not following you, but you see their imagination get wilder and wilder and bigger and bigger. The fact that like, they truly believe that they're being followed. And then they're like, what are we going to okay, turn at them and just start laughing, like sarcastically laugh. And Pedro turns like, <laughs> and it's like, they're, they're onto us. I also love when like they run away from them and they see two completely different older gentlemen sitting on a bench later and they confuse them for the same guys. Yeah. Um, another thing. Uh, so uh, with the original script being with Quentin Tarantino, Naomi Watts, Charlie Sheen and Jim Carrey were supposed to cameo in this movie, but because of COVID that postponed it for like five months. Um, that's why we got to be more at the end. That's funny. I think I'm okay without a Charlie Sheen uh, cameo. Yeah. Even if we had a rec basketball team named Tiger Blood at one point, I think I'm okay with not seeing Charlie Sheen nowadays. Yeah, I think the time's passed on the uh, winning and the um, uh, the uh, report said that Nick Cage and Pedro did their own stunts. You mean jumping like off a wall? And the cliff. That just would be fun. You're in Spain getting the cliff lot cliff dive. Right. That just sounds awesome. Yeah. I that 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 scene of them, you know, trying to as they're running from the old man and they climb the wall and like, let me pick you up. You're heavy. I have a big head. <laughs> like he falls, like Mr. Nicholas Cage, Javi, where'd you come from? And like, you just like then they show like the wide shots, like just walk around. Just walk around. 
and then them driving away in the like the expensive car and nick in your wikipedia it says you did your own stunts and uh gone in 60 seconds so you know how to do all the whips and stuff that's true i can't drive you drive got it and then it just like crashes into the wall and grinds the whole time oh god it was just it was so good like the jokes like weren't like super like highbrow or anything but they just hit so well it's the like it's one of those things of if you knew you knew what the joke was about um but yeah, so many Easter eggs, so many references, so many callbacks. Um, I saw a lot of people talk about how uh, uh, Ike and Tiffany were kind of misused for this role. Like, not like more, they could have had more scenes in the movie, but I'm okay with what they're supposed to be and play, how they played out. I also don't think you needed anything extra in the movie. Like, I feel like if you tried to go any longer, it probably would have started to hurt the movie. Because it felt the perfect length. Like, yes, I was entertained the whole time. I never felt bored, but I definitely feel like if you try to extend it, especially scenes without Nick Cage and Pedro Pascal, then you'd be bordering on the questionable decisions of what you, you're doing. You know what? I think it comes to the realization of how what both of us like is a smaller cast. Example, Wedding Destination, as you brought up earlier, how we like that. And it's because the movie takes place with just two characters the entire movie. Well, in this one, too, you have all the characters surrounding, but the more and more, if it doesn't have Nick or doesn't have Pedro, what's the point? I mean, if anything, I think my argument would be, it's like, why did you, like, the guy, whose name I've already forgotten, but that I like from Mad TV, he's a perfect, like, he's not too big of character, or like, known commodity so he's still really funny in his role but it's not like he's going to draw anything away from it tiffany hadish in that role i was like that that feels like not the role for her she's bigger than that like it almost felt like a miscasting by putting someone that big in that smaller role she was handpicked by nick cage because a friend recommended to her but the original script was a male cia described as a wary overweight man (laughs) that's funny like she she was outstanding in the role it's just it's she's probably at a better place in her career than for such a small role. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean I think they should have expanded it just because they got Tiffany Haydish. Yeah. Like I agree. Like I think what they did with them was that's fine for me. Like, cause overall watching the movie, you go, I want more Nick cage. And I want more, more Pedro Pascal together on scene. It's like the good parts of the movie also like weren't the action parts are like the overall driving plot line about the like trying to infiltrate this cartel. Like the movie was good because of Nick and Pedro. Like you didn't, yeah. you don't need stuff to expand on what the main plot line is really. Mm-hmm. If anything, you're going to take away from the movie. If you do that. Uh, Nick Cage thought the hobby character was the best written character in the movie so much that he even asked to trade parts thought playing his own biggest fan would be more meta than playing himself. But it was until Pedro got cast that Cage went, okay, that's fine. That, my God, would that have been fucking amazing of Nick Cage playing the biggest fan of someone playing Nick Cage? So, like, the, to me, like, I don't know what you think, but, like, to me, this is kind of like a... I wish there was a sequels, but like, I hope no one other, no other people go, Hey, this is a good idea. Like we're in, like, you know how, like 
one comic book movie starts them all. I hope this isn't the one of those movies that start the role of, hey, John Travolta wants to play John Travolta next movie as, you know, maybe if the plot's fine, but more of the fact of, I don't want to see other actors trying to do movies about themselves playing themselves, but in a different way. I hadn't thought about that, but you're probably right. We probably are going to see those type of movies just because that's what Hollywood is. When one thing is successful, other people try to mimic it. But put their own spin to it. Like, yeah. And but, usually it's always not anywhere near as good. Yeah. Um, Cause like, and this, how meta this movie is the fact that I love the fact there's the scene in the movie of when we find out the plot twist that it was Pedro's hobbies, uh, cousin who's the drug you know the smuggler the leader and Javi is just the face and then you know he finds out then Nick finds out what's going on about the kidnapped uh, pres- the mayor- president's daughter that got kidnapped in the very beginning of the movie which is the, the B plot to the C plot to this whole movie of that's why the CIA is there and I love the fact they discuss them. They're discussing the movie and like, what should we do? And it's like, we should go express ourselves in the third act. And then that's yeah. where they lead to the third act of them expressing themselves. Then finding out what, what, what each other is hiding. Yeah. The whole meta plot line of them writing a script and they're writing the script to the movie we're in. is just like, it's so good. Yeah. I keep saying just like good things about this movie, which is very off po- like off brand <laughs> for me. So it's weird, but like there just isn't really anything to tear down in this. Like if you went into this, taking this movie seriously, then I don't know what the fuck is wrong with you. Like, I don't know what you're trying to take serious out of this type of movie. If you go in expecting what you should be expecting, you're going to be entertained. It's cheesy and it's cheesy in, in the best way, you know, like, in the way it the, should be, like yeah. for what the movie is supposed to be, it is borderline perfect for what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Like um, these are one of those. Like, is it is it not it, this? This is a movie that they probably that we used to be able to. They used to do in the nineties and early two thousands. You know, like these are the movies that you would go to a blockbuster or Hollywood video and you would see on the Wago. Huh, what's this? Like it was it's a movie movie. There's no franchise to it. There's no sequel. There's you know, there's nothing around it to go, you know, come see that. This is just, hey, this is Nick Cage playing himself. Come see the movie. It's a hundred percent one of those things that like it's an HBO free preview weekend. You're probably watching this thing two to three times because mm-hmm. it's gonna be on during that, and you know you're gonna enjoy yourself during that time. Yeah. Oh, you need to do some chores around the house and you just want some background noise? Fuck it, I'm going to throw on this movie because I'll get some laughs while I'm trying to get this work done. Yeah. Like, I'm looking at reviews right now for this movie and it, all, all, a lot of them are going like, um, that was more surprising than I thought it would be. It's more funny. It's more, you know, amazing has no words to this movie. I would almost characterize it as something we don't get enough nowadays. It's like a perfect date movie. Like it's something you can go enjoy. You have something to talk about afterwards without like, there's no, like, you're not going to get super sad. There's nothing to overthink. Like, it's just, you can go enjoy it, have a good talk and laugh about everything in the movie afterwards. 
and realistically that's probably one of the things that's like hurting hollywood is that there isn't enough like date movies anymore Mm -hmm. like date movies nowadays are like 50 grays of shit you know uh uh, shade uh like this movie as you're you're right it's like the perfect movie because it has like it has all genres of the movie of movies they have the bromance between cage and pascal you have the it turns out to be an action movie uh, then becomes like a, a thriller type movie, you know, of him having to rescue the president's daughter. Um, you, it has everything like that and it has meta. It talks about, you know, uh, movies these days are not, you know, are, are either a comic book movie by DC, Marvel or Star Wars. And that's why movies are not what they used to be like. It's almost this movie can fit into a new genre. I'm going to coin as coction. It's a coction. comedy action. And you're just going to sit back and take some coction. You're going to take it all. And I will not take notes on my new term for this new genre. This is what it is. This is what we will now refer to it as. Well, you know, that coction, though, you're right. Because if you go to uselube.com, you can find the fragrance of that used lube of coction, which uh, I might have to say I've used before. And like, there's plenty of things that'll fall into it. Like, you could say like, Expendables is like a coction movie. It's just like mainly built like it's built around its action, but there's plenty of comedy in it. This one would side more that it's built around its comedy and there's some action in it. Yeah, but but like the action part, I honestly did not expect to be in the movie. Like, I saw this trailer once and like, I'm not gonna watch it just because I want to be surprised. And there are a lot of things that in the trailers that they don't even give away. And it's just like the idea of the movie um, just being surprisingly funny and all the action. I didn't expect as much action comparing to what we've seen in the trailers. I think the only thing the trailer gave away that I was disappointed gave away was the wall bit of them trying to get over the wall, but then being able to walk around it. They gave that away in one of the trailer sets. It was still funny in the movie, even knowing it was coming, like just because of how well they did it but I kind of wish they hadn't given that away that I feel like I would have been like damn near falling out of my chair. If I hadn't known that was coming in the movie. Uh, agreed. It's the, um, like to me, like that scene is like, that's like the like an action sequence that they show from a furious fast, furious or Marvel movie. Like, you know why you want to come see this movie is this explosion or this scene here. And yeah, but that was still funny in the theaters, that scene of them over the wall, but there was a lot more like comedy, like the scene of when it, I love that they were saying the meta part of like the CIA believes the daughter's in this, you know, mere door and Nick Cage goes and he's like, let me in. And then Pedro shows up and he's like, do you really want to see this? It will tarnish our relationship. Let's do this. They'll think differently of me after this. And then you open it and it's a freaking shrine to Nick Cage. And it's just like, yep, this makes sense. Is that, and like that, the cutout, the, the body, the figurine of Nick Cage holding the guns from face off. That was, that is the real uh, cutout they used and had at the movie premiere. Cause they did one of both Travolta and Cage. That's terrifying. That's why you want 20 grand for it. It's haunting. How much did you pay for it? About I'll pay 6, you 000. twenty. I'll pay you twenty grand for it. Yeah. Sorry, Mister Cage. It's not for sale. 
I like the I like the fact that he, like this the, like how meta it is like the scene of him Nick Cage realizing that he has to like kill Javi and like it, you see the camera shot of him looking at himself the 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 figurine and like the camera pans so you can like see it like I you know side by side it's that mere reflection of him that oh yeah his face was in the fucking mannequin yeah. face that scene yeah. was haunting it was. Um, and then him having his gun, his two golden guns from, what are you doing with my guns? These are my guns. God, it was just so good. There's movie, I, yeah. Like, there's just nothing for me to complain about, which is a little weird because, like, it's kind of the premise of this podcast is to, for the most part, have stuff to complain about. But I don't, there's nothing for me to overtly critique. Yeah. Like, is it, oh, spoiler alert, is it a five? Is it getting a five jizz star rating? No, it's not no. a perfect movie, but goddamn, if we did an overall uh, rewatchability ranking for every movie we'd ever done, this would be pretty high on the list. Oh, yeah. Um, it's one of those things right after the movie we got out, we both said, yep, day one movies. Like you said, Steelbook. And I'm like, yep, oh, I'm yeah. day one, no matter what. Cause I'm just imagining I'm going to get in a beautiful steel book of Nick Cage's face and like Pedro Pascal's face. And I'm going to be like, this is, this is just a piece of art. Yeah. This is art. It is. It is art. Uh, but yeah, this movie, like, I am a big Nick Cage fan and I went in with like, I want to say high hopes, but also like not the highest of hope because I didn't know what I was getting myself into. And like I said, I left this movie for the first time in a long time that wasn't a Marvel movie with a, my face hurting because of laughing. And I was trying to think, like, when was the last time I did that? Like, leave a movie theater and my face hurting because of how funny it was. And, like, I honestly think it might might have been The Hangover. I know for sure Super Bad, but I know Hangover came after Super Bad. And yeah, that might check out. That would have been like the last, like, hit comedy that came out 2009 so like that might have been like the last time i left the movie theater with my face hurting because we are in a weird dry spell for comedy yeah we really are it's that uh so hopefully (laughs) this can be that a kickstart i mean i guess this is still like this was also an r-rated comedy which r feels like it wasn't really justified. I mean, I guess there was some blood stuff in this movie that probably put it up there, but you could you could like I, reduce just be able to see yeah. see boobs in like PG movies. I feel like they've gotten so like quick to slap stuff with an R rating nowadays. They moved it to TV so you can say shit and you know asshole on TV instead of uh try to work on the um, rating system for PG thirteen. To rate it's it the R. biggest thing that like I know people are complaining about like the whole there being too many things to stream nowadays but I also get a bunch of series that don't have to deal with the fucking FCC and like destroying what can go on television yeah like you know what I want to see some nudity I want to enjoy some boobs I want to enjoy some dick I want to enjoy people swearing like goddamn not everything has to be so Christian yeah, like uh, it's funny because uh, earlier today on IFC, I was watching like American Pie and they don't edit or anything. So there is the nudity. There is the swearing. And it's like I remember watching American Pie one day back in the day on like, you know, TBS or TNT and the scene of the little brother 
coming out and at towards the end you know he's like saying fuckers fuckers like on the edited version it's like screw wing screw wing but it's like super bad adr so you know that point it's like it's like what's the point of this like what are we really hiding here guys yeah we're not yeah so uh for this movie itself yeah it's like hopefully nobody the your caution starts but there might be a uh someone down the line trying to do something because i think this movie is you know why we're not saying anything bad because there really isn't anything bad this is a, a, a the reason why it's good is because it's a original movie there's nothing that came before or came after it's a original fresh take on something that is very true now granted it uses a bunch of former film properties but like it uses it to do its own thing which is totally fine yeah it's the fun part of them trying to do uh just they were using the old properties to enhance the current day situation because they make the reference i would kind of cut it to the fact that like how good star wars material is as long as you ignore the sequels like be in the universe, but don't attach to the original story and just mm-hmm. have fun with it. And then stuff is super good. Like you could do sequels to this movie with Nick Cage or you have other situations that you can figure out. Like example, let's say John Travolta because of the fact like John could be like, oh, I saw you late because this whole movie, I love the fact this, which I didn't see coming is the movie ends with the end of the new Nick Cage movie that him and Javi created. Yeah. They wrote that the whole thing that he does and all of a sudden it flips over and you're like, what just happened? Like you see the meme more there. And so the, the mom, the movie, and it's just like, Oh, this is the you know movie. Sh- the second one should be about to me more. That's how the movies should always end. It's like, yeah, it's a story that ends up ending with like some main actor at the end of it. And that's yeah. who the next movie is going to be about. Yeah. But I, I can see like a John Travolta being like, hey, I saw your movie. Uh, this inspired me to do, you know, blah, blah, blah. Him and, you know, or, you know, because the rumor is that, well, it's not a rumor. Uh, they are doing a face off too. And it was supposed to be a reboot, but now it sounds like it's a sequel. And someone asked her in the press junket about to Nick Cage, like, hey, have you heard about the face off two and national treasure? And he basically Nick Cage is like, yeah, national treasure is going to be a TV show and they're going to do it themselves. They're not bringing me back, which is fine. But I've heard talks. They We've talked him and whoever's doing face off two have talked. So Nick Cage could be in face off, two. I mean, it's a crazy universe in which people can remove faces and put it on other people we can figure out how to get nick cage back yeah exactly like somehow his blood got you know saved i don't know it's that weird thing of nick cage will probably most likely i expect him now to be in a face-off too because of the situation of how successful this movie is in the fans reaction not via movie but you know, like I said, this movie is an original movie. So if, you know, I when I tell you the gross and the budget on that, it's all low. But it's just because of the fact that, you know, it's not a Marvel movie. It's not a Fast and Furious. It's not a Star Wars movie. It's not a 
movie with a franchise. It's a movie that they originally came up with. So, um, the budget for this movie is thirty million dollars. God damn, that's actually pretty high. Same, right? I agree. Uh, gross domestically, it's only got nine million, and internationally too. So it's at eleven point five, and this is like week three of it. You know, yeah, coming so it's, out. It's- and also, this is going to be a cult thing that'll just like live forever. So it'll do yeah. fine. Yeah. It's one like I love, I've seen if you go to YouTube, there are uh, GQ asking Nick Cage questions. Nick Cage was on Jimmy Kimmel. It's like his, he's, I'd watched that. He said, This is the first time I've done a talk show in 15 years. Um, it's also an R rated movie. And sometimes those take a little bit to build momentum. Yeah. I've I've done other movies. I've we I've done other research for movies, and it's like, oh, it's number four when it came out, but in three weeks, it's number one. You know, it's like I don't think see it coming to be number one because of the fact that hell, next week is Doctor Strange, so I don't expect uh it to go to number one. But I, you know, I think it'd just be a steady process for it to get you know at least get its money back. Uh, so the rate. Go ahead. It just. I think too much gets made now of movies making their money back in opening weekend when like yeah. that, I mean, that all was like almost never the case. Like it took movies having a good run to make their money back usually like, but it's become that thing of having the major opening weekends where you make all your money back that like yeah. people just assume if you don't do it, you're bad. And that shouldn't be the case. And that, and like, sadly, that's what we've got come to with the world of movies of the fact of like, Hey, this movie did a hundred hundred million dollar budget. It needs to get all of it back week one, while this movie's still 30 million. And you know, it probably will get its money back in time. It's just once again, we're in a pandemic, and once again, it's rated R, but it's gonna come across big, big uh movies coming out. So for the uh box office of April 22nd to the 24th, uh number coming in number 10 and it's 30 with 1.7 million is ambulance. It's the uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, oh my god, I'm blanking. Uh, Transformers director, yeah, I'm pick, yeah, my uh, Michael Bay, Michael Bay movie, yep. So you have that with 1.7. Number nine in its fourth week is Morbius with 2.3 million. Uh, number eight in its second week with 3.3 million is Father Stew, it's the uh, Mark Wahlberg movie. Uh, number seven in its fifth week with 4.3 million is The Lost City. That's the Channing Tatum, Sandra Bullock movie. Number six uh, in its fifth week with 5.4 million is Everything Everywhere All at Once. Which we need to go see. Yes, without question. Coming in number one, uh, five in its first week with 7.1 million is the Nick Cage unbearable weight of massive talent. So you got number five. Uh, coming in number four in its first week with 12 million, The Northman. Another movie I want to go see. Number three in its second week with 14 million, Fantastic Beasts, the, Se- uh, the Secrets of Dumbledore. So, you know, a franchise movie right there. I've also heard nothing but bad things about that movie. Uh, and just that same. franchise in general just seems pretty toxic. It, I've have not seen any of those movies, and I, all I've heard is it's pretty toxic uh, i watched two, the first one and it was like i was like what the fuck am i watching this is it, and i love like 
well, let me, I love the books. I've never been a big movie yeah. fan of the Harry Potter franchise. Mm-hmm. And I definitely could not get into that movie at all. I've, I've watched every Harry Potter book until the final two. Um, that's, uh, but I've not, I've not, I'm not a big, uh, Harry Potter guy from the get go. And it's just the idea of, uh, I don't know, the, the producer's not a fan either. So I don't see any time going to see the, uh, these Dumbledore movies anyway. Uh, number two in its third week with 15 million was Sonic the Hedgehog 2. And then number one in its first week with 23 million is The Bad Guys. Oh, it's a new cartoon. Animated, yeah. Car- based on, it's a kids' movie based on a book series. Yeah. So you can Which see I actually want to go see. It actually looks kind of funny. Yeah. It has Sam Walkwell in it, who I love. So. Uh, let's go. So, you know, like I said, the b- r- income hasn't been really that high right now, but the uh, ratings IMDb gave this a 7.6 out of 10, which I honestly think is like one of the higher Nick Cage movies in a <laughs> long time. Uh, uh, Ron Tomato, all critics gave this an 87. Top critics gave this a 74. Uh, however, this is certified fresh for Rotten Tomato, so we get the sticker on the cover. Uh, verified audience and all audience gave this an 87. So, not bad for a Nick Cage movie when he is like high 50s, you know, in his age. And, and I mean, all... till the last two years hasn't really been like a major motion picture guy like the is it funny that hit the nick cage's biggest movies these past years have been the crudes and spider-man and the spider-verse so it's his voice acting have been his bigger roles lately even though he's done like five roles a movie a year you know the highly highly more successful movies are those uh you know i mean we get the crude line in the movie that was super funny of like have you seen Crudes 2? I'm a 45-year-old man. Why the fuck would I have seen Crudes 2? Uh, and by the way, after the movie, Paddington Bear was trending because of the oh, fact yeah, we that... We didn't even talk yeah. about the whole Paddington Bear. Uh, Javi, what's your favorite movies? Con Air. I want to say, was it like Con Air? Uh, Guarding Tess, because it got his father. And like, what's the other one? What is it? Paddington Bear 2. It's like, you cannot be kidding. He's like, it's a perfect movie. And then Let's they watch, watch it. Nick Cage cries. Damn it, you're right. So yeah, that was actually a um, that was trending. Like the movies they had talked about were trending in this in the in the real world. I think Paddington Two was at or still is the highest rated movie on uh, Rotten Tomato. I think it was. It was until someone gave it a. Um, like it was at 100%. Yeah, it a hundred percent. Yeah, it had a perfect rating for like a year or something crazy. Paddington 2, I got it right here. Um, oh no, not paid. Paddington, there we go. Paddington 2, uh, it is a 99 for uh, the, the critics and a hundred percent with top. 
and the audience gave it an 87. So crazy. But yeah, I remember when when Paddington Paddington Bear Paddington Two got like deducted from the hundred, and like Twitter blew up. It's like what the yeah, hell? People people were mad about that. Yeah. So let's glaze some stars because we got nothing really to rank unless you want to talk about best Nick Cage. Glaze effing stars. So one, uh, Mr. Rubel, who didn't uh, was not able to film with us this week, he gave it a three and three quarters. I think before we started talking about it, I was only going to give it a four, but I think I'm going to up it to four and a half. Just talking about it, like it's just so good, and it deserves to be rated the way it should. I'm going to go four and a half. Uh, I'm actually I'm with you, even though I like, which I assume people thought. Well, when you do a Nick Cage movie, you're just going to give it five because it's a Nick Cage movie, and like. I will actually, I'm giving a four, like a real, a real ranking, like a real vote. It's four and a half just because yeah, this of no how Q bullshit. This, yeah, this is, is, this is, is a like official legit movie. We are, the stuff gets tracked. It, yep. It's important for the end of the year. 4.3. It ties the big sick for the best non like franchise movie solo movie. That's awesome. But yeah, that like three also ties it with the Batman as the third as the second highest rated movie we have done in 2022. Awesome. Awesome. But yeah, this is like my like legit real thing. It's like, yep, it's a uh like legit overall really good movie. Uh I will be buying it when it comes out and I'll be watching it like opening day when it comes out because I know the producer hasn't seen it and it's like um when you recommend it to somebody like, yeah, you know, it's actually a really good movie. So, uh, you, I think like you, you tell people, watch like, yeah, it, th- a-holes. It'd be like, yeah, I think I can, uh, I think you like it. Like, and I honestly believe they will. So I'm excited for all that stuff. So, well, this has been fun, you know, different with the news and then the, uh, I know we just two man it. Haven't done that man. for this particular podcast. Haven't done it for a while. Uh, so yeah. Um, it's been fun. I uh, know next week on fake movie experts, we may or may not be doing the big hit via Keith's pick, but we'll find out, you know, how, uh, if not, uh, no, next week actually would be, um, uh, what do we just, Oh, the blood goes to Frogtown will be out next week. Cause I'm, uh, don't worry about it. I have it all under control. We're doing things out of order. Okay. Yes, sir. Um, so yeah, next week here will be uh, Frog comes to Helltown. Keith as uh, uh, Keith is going to Hell leave comes to Frogtown. <laughs> hey man, that movie was hell. Yeah, it really was. And then maybe in a couple of weeks we might be doing the big hit. We don't know yet. We're uh, we we changed it or up. Or we'll mid- finally jump into the Oceans franchise. Or yeah, so next week here we'll be doing uh, Hell comes to Frogtown, and then in two weeks it would either be uh, the big hit or. Ocean's Eleven. We'll figure it out. We're really we'll flying by the seat of our pants right now. Yes, sir. We're we're living the Nick Cage life, baby. 
Which Wait, you can so go to jumping off of mountains in Spain. If need be, we can do that. We can do that. But what we really need you to do is go to nosellentertainment.com. That's right, nosellentertainment.com, where you can find all of our blogs, all of our podcasts, everything that we do for you. You can go to all of our social medias. We're on everything. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you know, we're on everywhere. You can follow, uh, you can go to Apple Podcasts, you go to Spotify, you can listen to us, and you can also listen to us wherever you listen to your podcast. Bye, Nick F and Cage. <laughs>